finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, he's in. Donald J. Trump is now a candidate for president, uh, a candidate to become the first, uh, the second president ever to have uh, non-consecutive terms. We'll tell you who the first was, but uh, Trump uh, did okay. He didn't light his hair on fire. He'd never do that. He didn't attack Ron DeSanctimonious. He didn't shut up. In fact, maybe we'll cut in live because I think he's still going down there at Mar-a-Lago. But he did okay. An interesting uh, person in his inner circle announced that uh, she's out. She will not be joining the campaign. She doesn't sound like... She's uh, she's all in on Trump 2024. We have some of the highlights from Trump's never ending speech. There are only 720 days till the election. So this this is just going to be endless. But that's what Trump likes to do. He enjoys the fight and he's all in. Speaking of the fight, um, Vladimir Zelensky, you know, Sean Penn's buddy, Ben Stiller's pal, the guy that the guy that has an Oscar now. He did his best to start World War III yesterday. Uh, he claimed Russia sent missiles into Poland. They did not. That didn't stop him from trying to use it to goad the world into a nuclear conflict. We'll tell you how our president, Sleepy Joe, who uh, was napping at the time, we'll tell you how he reacted to uh, Zelensky's lie. Um, also, NBC suspends the reporter who did a uh, report from uh, outside the Pelosi house after uh, David DePape, the filthy, dirty, nudist hippie, attacked Paul Pelosi. They suspended him. I think I know why. They didn't say why. I think I know why. He told the truth. They just do not allow that at uh, NBC. Uh, Nancy Pelosi will hand over the gavel to Kevin McCarthy, and that's a good thing. Wasn't the margin we were looking for, but that is a good thing. And we have the worst ever uh, eulogy, a child eulogizing her father uh, for you. And uh, then we'll have my eulogy for Toby. Toby uh, Toby uh, Callahan left us uh, yesterday. I'll tell you about that. And lots more on today's Callahan show brought to you by Omaha Steaks. God, I love Omaha Steaks. Let me just tell you what I did last night. I had a couple of Omaha steaks that our guy Graham sent up to me, uh, thought them up, put them on the grill, and they were perfect. This is not just some, you know, some deal where you send somebody something for for a gift and say, you know, eh, I got that checked off my list. You send them this and they will love it. Omaha steaks are the best. They are just really good quality steaks. The flavor experts at Omaha steaks has made it easy to savor all the flavors of fall with their mouth-watering assortment of perfectly-aged steaks, ultra-juicy burgers, and easy-to-prepare comfort meals that will be ready in a flash. I'm going to have them for like the next three days. That's why I'm going to be in such a good mood, Ironhead, because 
I'm eating Omaha steaks and burgers. That was the perfect time to load up on all this incredible flavor and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping their friends and family sale. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use their promo code Jerry at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. You know what I recommend? These are great gifts, but get it for yourself. It just makes it so easy. You get a whole bunch of steaks and burgers, throw them in the freezer, throw them in the fridge, and eat them when you're ready. Omaha Steaks is perfect for these chilly, busy fall nights. You won't come close to getting this kind of quality at the grocery store. Visit Omaha Steaks. Dot com promo code Jerry at checkout. Minimum order may be required. You know what? Donald Trump running for president 720 days before the election is is classic Trump in a way. It's Trump wanting to be in the middle of everything, wanting to be in the middle of reaction and wanting above all else revenge. As I said before, I love revenge as I've, I've, I've claimed for years. All the best movies, you name it. The best movies, they're all about revenge. You know, the, the revenge, uh, you name it. Uh, Braveheart, The Patriot, or Goodfellas. Everybody's uh, out for revenge. The Godfather, all the best movies are about revenge. And this is about revenge. As we saw last night, he did exactly what he should have done. Um, I was ready to mock him. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, Ironhead was predicting he was going to bring DeSantis out on stage and endorse him. That could have been, that's that's worse than your football predictions. That one didn't happen. And he didn't mention DeSantis. And he didn't mention Youngkin. You know, he didn't mention, he didn't take little shots at anyone. He didn't have any nicknames. He did go off script a couple of times, and that's never good. Donald Trump is not a great speaker, public speaker. He stumbles and he and he and he tries to ad lib and it doesn't doesn't go well. When he stuck to the teleprompter. He did a good job. The guy who wrote this speech, the people who wrote the speech did a good job. He had a couple of highlights. He, he had one that, that I liked, and it's it's obviously something I'm obsessed with. He talked about being on the brink of nuclear war. Joe Biden has put us on the brink of nuclear war. And this drives me nuts. We are Joe Biden literally told donors at a private event that we've never been this close to nuclear Armageddon since uh, the, the, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, 60 years. And people just said, okay, eh, we're moving on. Well, you know, what about the price of gas or what about climate change? Trump went there and he did it, he did it uh, without really ad-libbing or going, going nuts. He just said, we're, we have a point, we have, we're at the point where the Democrat Party led by the sitting president is more concerned with climate change than they are with nuclear war. He said that, you know, that they're worried that the, the sea levels will rise, what did he say, an eighth of an inch in the next 300 years? They're more concerned with that than they are with Putin launching a nuclear missile into Ukraine, goading us into nuclear war. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but that sounds like a more imminent threat than climate change. But you don't hear it from from Biden or you know AOC or Liz Warren or any of the 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 radicals who are controlling the Democrat Party. They are literally more concerned with this climate change nonsense. They want to destroy our economy and re-transform the our way of life because of this ridiculous notion that we might get the, the planet might warm up a half a degree. I was thinking that last weekend I was in Maine. It was 65 degrees. 
And I'm thinking, imagine thinking this is a problem, the problem that it's 65 degrees in November. Oh no, we have to destroy our economy and it'll get rid of, you know, gas powered cars and everything else. It's a good, simple, easily understood point, which is Trump's specialty saying, imagine caring more about that than the fact that we are, we, we might go to war with a country that has more nuclear weapons than any country in the history of mankind. Uh, and, and he did it on a day and we'll get to this, that this, that this liar who is uh, uh, running things in Ukraine, Zelensky tried to goad us, tried to goad the world into war, into the war that he's involved in. We'll get to that. But first Trump, I'm, um, it clearly went way, way too long. It's what he does. Uh, he just likes it. The problem, uh, he, this is way too early to start at the campaign. We said this yesterday. I just looked it up. Trump, when he came down the escalator and announced his candidacy, let me check the date for, uh, no, this, yeah, when he came down the escalator, I believe it was June 14th. Um, when Biden announced this, pres- uh, that would be 2019. When Biden announced his candidacy for president in 2020, it was April, April 25th, 2019. It is November. It was November 15th. Why Why do we have to do this for six months longer than they did last time? I mean, first of all, we know pretty much everything Trump's going to say. We know everything about him. People have already made up their minds. Clearly, most Americans would prefer Donald Trump over Joe Biden. I think they would prefer DeSantis over Donald Trump. I mean, anybody is preferable to Joe Biden when you consider the long laundry list of, of problems we have in this country. And that's what Trump did well last night. He stuck to the script, which was uh, detailing the disaster that has been the Biden administration for the last 20 months. You know, we talked about the economy, inflation, gas prices, war in Ukraine, the Southern border, all the th- all the greatest hits. That's what he should do, what he should stick to. He barely mentioned the 2020 election. He made a joke about how China may have been involved in the, uh, in the election that, that put Biden in the White House. Uh, but he didn't go back and talk about stealing it and, uh, you know, the, that he was robbed and all that. We didn't need to hear that. We need to be, to, for him to be somewhat forward-thinking. I like the climate change riff. I like the fact that he went off on COVID, said he will he will get rid of all Biden's COVID mandates now that COVID is over, and he would reinstate everybody who's been fired. That's a winning issue. Of course, this is the guy that listened to Fauci originally. This is the guy that criticized uh, Brian Kemp in Georgia for opening too soon. This is the guy who said Sweden was making a mistake because they didn't lock down. So in a campaign, this could come back to bite him. But if you're going against Joe Biden, the king of lockdowns and, and mandates and vaccine uh, uh, requirements, it's, it's a good issue. I hope whoever the nominee is, Trump, DeSantis, whoever, hammers away at this and, and re- reminds everybody the damage, just the, just the authoritarian tendency that the Biden regime had to shut everything down, close schools, listen to teachers unions, fire people, kick Navy SEALs, kick Marines out of the military because they wouldn't get a useless fax. That was a good plan. He should stick to that. In fact, I like the bullet points of this speech. It just was, it was so long 
that Fox News got away. Fox News went to Hannity's panel, and Hannity's show obviously is all in on Trump, and they had Leo Terrell and Joe Con- and they went and talked about how great the speech was while cutting into it, which, which tells you how you need to know. That's how long it was. They were sitting there going, great speech, but that's enough. And I believe none of the networks covered it. I believe CNN covered it for like 20 minutes, which I'm not, I'm not blaming them. It was little too long, but what do we got? We got, uh, let's, let's get to some of the highlights here. Ironhead. I know you're disappointed. He didn't bring DeSantis out on stage and endorse him, which yeah. was, you know, there was a real, real strong chance of that happening. It was the, uh, the, the NWO scenario from WCW. You know, you, you like wrestling, right? I don't even know what that means. I don't know what those initials are. What what, what are you talking about? It's it was Hulk Hogan. Um, uh, he he turned on WCW, and I was hoping oh, it I was a whatever. Well, let's get to the highlights. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, WCW. What are you talking? Okay, just like that. It was exactly like that. But um, it was obviously in front of a friendly crowd. They went into a couple of chants like Trump, Trump, and mm-hmm. you know whatever. Yeah, it, it, it was it, it was a perfectly appropriate. Uh, kickoff speech for a campaign. It's just like eight months too soon. I mean, is he going to hit the trail? Is he going to travel around talking about just every night talking about Biden? I mean, that's, that's fine. If, if he's into it, he's kind of doing that state. anyway though. No, isn't he already? Right, right. That's the, that's with, with Trump. You have to understand one thing. He loves this. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves the fight. He loves the, the grind. He wants to do this. He's sitting there going, I've, I've played enough golf. This is what I, you know, I've, I've whatever sat around long enough. I want to get out there. And he is, this is not good for Biden, but the Biden regime, because everything they do, every mistake they make, and God knows there's a lot of them. Hell, he was joking about how Biden went to Bali, put on the Mao clown suit, and then went to bed. The biggest uh, event on the calendar in this trip to the G20, Biden skipped it. Cause he was tired, not feeling well. And G was there and, you know, Trudeau was there and every, they were all there. Biden was up in his room taking a nap and Trump pointed that out because he would never ever do that. He would, he loved that stuff. He would have been there mixing it up. He claimed we wouldn't be at war in Ukraine, which we're pretty much at war in Ukraine with him. And I believe that I believe He had, you know, we had four years of prosperity and peace. We didn't think most people predicted gloom and doom when Trump took over, but it didn't work out that way. We didn't get involved in any foreign wars. We didn't have this invasion over the Southern border. We didn't have this crime wave in the cities. There's lots of things, issues for him to hammer away at. I just can't believe he's going to do it like every, every other day for the next 700 days. it's going to get a little tedious. And he did without claiming, you know, they stole the election from his friend, Carrie Lake, or they stole the election from uh, Dr. Oz. He did say, if I'm in charge, we'll have voter ID, same day voting paper ballots. That's a good issue, but he won't do it. I mean, that's a good issue. You can't do it. It's a state's issue and states Democrats control. They're going to make it even easier to vote, to cheat. That's what they do. If, I mean, if you're in a state controlled by Democrats, it's simple. You have to play by their rules. You have to try to rig the game in your favor. If you're in a state controlled by Republicans, 
then you could try to go eliminate the fraud, the cheating, and have same-day voting, paper ballots, no ballot harvesting, and all that. It's as simple as that. We went over that the other day. We're not going to go over it again. Let's let's hear from the 45th and possibly the 47th. See, I don't think I think Biden will get sick and get and retire, and then we're going to have Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is going to be our 47th president. Trump wants to be our 48th, our 45th and 48th, which will be wild. He'll be 78 years old. He'll be crazier than ever. And he'll be out there fighting like every day. He has one thing in abundance in its energy. You know, he just, he's 76. Not last night. And he, and I mean, but I do think the low energy was by design. Mm. You know, they didn't want him to appear unhinged the way he was on truth social last week when people like me and so many others bailed out on him. I mean, I was, I I said, I I bailed when he, when he stabbed Don Bullduck in the back. Uh, And then what he did with that insane uh, post about uh, Glenn Youngkin, that's the day that me, that I and and, and others uh, bailed of the week. And they did not want him to appear unhinged. That was the most important goal. I think they wanted him to sound measured by his standards and, and rational and reasonable. And, and they wanted him to just refute everything, uh, renounce everything uh, Biden has done for the last 20 months. And I think he did a decent job. I would give him a, a B, B minus. You're just disappointed that it didn't turn into a double WNO or something with the event or whatever you just said. I don't know. Some wrestling, some wrestling skit. Yeah. Um, but what do we got for Trump? I mean, I know there's like six hours of sound, but what do you got for a highlight from Trump? Uh, this is him talking about the inflation. I like this one a lot. This was a little weird when he started talking about how you don't want it zero. You want it one. We put it at one. But he went on and on about how inflation was at 1%, which it was 1.4% when he left office. It's now at 40 year highs. It's a good issue. It didn't work as much as it should have in the midterms, but. That's because of of ballot harvesting and, and mail-in voting. But uh, it's an issue that whoever is the nominee for the Republicans will be hammering away at daily when the campaign, you know, commences in earnest. But let's listen. Speak, inflation is the highest in over 50 years. Gas prices have reached the highest levels in history and expect them to go much higher now that the strategic national reserves, which I filled up, have been virtually drained in order to keep gasoline prices lower just prior to the election. Joe Biden has intentionally surrendered our energy independence. There is no longer even a thought of dominance, and we are now begging for energy help from foreign nations, many of whom find us detestable. (laughs) Our southern border has been erased, and our country is being invaded by millions and millions of unknown people, many of whom are entering for a very bad and sinister reason. And you know what that reason is. We will be paying a big price for this invasion into our country for years to come. It's things that no one was talking about the other day and you would have thought it would have been like front and center. Yeah, it's it's funny. He got, uh, although the mainstream media is, uh, they, they, they laid off their fact checkers for the last 20 months, all the, Dale, whatever his name is, CNN and uh, and uh, the the PolitiFact and all those fact checking sites took the last twenty months off because 
God knows Joe Biden. He doesn't lie. And they're back. They came back. There's a few stories out today. Fact checking Trump's speech. And they'll go nuts because that's why they exist is to help Biden and hurt Trump. But um, I mean, he did what he had to do. He did what he had to do. The New York Post, page one, has a story. I don't even know what the big headline is. The little subhead says, Florida man makes an announcement. So he's he's lost a lot of us. I will say that. he uh, He's lost a lot of people, and it's not going to be easy to win them back. He's lost one really interesting person. Immediately after the speech, I believe, or maybe during, Ivanka Trump tweeted out that she is out. She is not in. She's says she loves her father, but she's uh, busy with her family and is not going to get back into politics. Unfortunately, her husband, uh, Jared Kushner made no such announcement. So he might still be in. Let's, let's face it. The one, the biggest question you have about Trump, I always mention his age, but even bigger than that is his, his inability to pick the right people to surround himself with the right people. We've gone over this before. He's hired, he's nominated, he's, he's surrounded himself with, 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 with people that stabbed him in the back or people that weren't on board with his agenda. It, there's been so many of them from Omarosa to, to John Bolton to, you know, to, to Kelly or, or Mattis. I mean, or, or Rex Tillerson, he just, he's not good at hiring. He's not good at picking people, picking good people, the right people. We'll see if he does better. Maybe he learned his lesson. He knows now the mistakes he made, but he is indeed, if you listen to the speech, all about getting them back for what they did to him. And again, that's a perfectly understandable human emotion. I want to set the record straight. They screwed me and they did. We know the Russian hoax was a lie. We know the laptop was a lie. We know there was a, you know, the bounty on the soldiers, the, the mainstream media coordinated with the Democrats and tried to cut them off at the knees and they did, they succeeded, they stopped them, they defeated him. And he wants to, uh, he wants a reckoning and apparently he's going to get it. See, I don't think DeSantis or anyone else is going to get into this for the next seven, eight months. I mean, they're just going to let him go out there and do his thing by himself, hold his rallies. And he's not going to have any competition for, I don't know, six, five, six months. I mean, even a, whatever, like Nikki Haley or, or Mike Pompeo or Nikki Haley, they might get in it, but they're not going to get in it for a while. He's going to be alone out there, and that's going to be a little strange. But uh, let's listen to Ron DeSantis was asked at an event about the attacks from Trump on him, and I think his answer was perfect. You know, I think I think uh, he said he, he delivered the message he had to do. He cannot take the bait. He cannot get down in the mud, at least not yet. With Trump, he's busy running a state and doing a better job than any governor in America. He doesn't have the time or the need to get and start wrestling with Trump. But uh, let's listen to what DeSantis said in response to Trump's attacks. We would like to know what you think about Trump's big announcement and some of the less than flattering comments he has made about you. Well, you know, one of the things I've learned, like learning this job is... Um, 
uh, when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done, yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. Uh, I roll out of bed in the morning. I've got corporate media outlets that have a spasm just the fact that I'm getting up in the morning, and it's constantly attacking. And this is just what's happened. I don't think any governor got attacked more, particularly by corporate media, than me over my four-year term. And yet, I think what you what you learn is all that's just noise. And really what matters is, are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people? And are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. And, and that's what we've done. We focused on results and leadership. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Uh, the fact of the matter is. There it is. That's the response. That has to be the response for at least the next six, eight, ten months. Just look at the scoreboard. I'm busy. I'm running the state. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm beloved in the state. What I'm doing is working. He's a chief executive, and he's doing a great job at it. He's not a candidate. He's not a, you know, pundit. He's a chief executive, and he has to stick to that. He's a better speaker than Trump. He's more disciplined. Hell more disciplined. Charlie Sheen is more disciplined than Trump. Everybody's more disciplined. He's, he's smarter. He's a better speaker. He's younger. He's got a lot of advantages. He should just let them, uh, he'll say, you know, he'll get to that. I hope he runs. I really do. I hope he doesn't run scared from Trump. We need him now more than ever. So I hope he runs. He's just going to not do it for a long, long time. Can you believe that? The election is 720 days away and Trump's already out there campaigning 700. That just doesn't seem right. Did you, did you figure out who the other, the only president to win non-consecutive terms, Ironhead? I know you're a a scholar and a historian. I don't know. Yes. Go ahead. Guess. Just think of some old president. Uh, Madison. Madison. No, that would be wrong. It is uh, Grover Cleveland. Uh, was, uh, um, I forget, I don't know the years, but whatever. Trump was hoping to be the second. Uh, but none of it might matter. Maybe none of it will matter. We'll be uh, in the middle of World War III. We'll be in the middle of a nuclear conflict. You know, half the world will be dead by then. It won't matter. This is, well, you know, I wanted to touch on the, uh, the, um, the Trump speech. We wanted to uh, review and analyze it. This is a much, much bigger story. The, uh, and it was happening in real time as Trump was, I thought they might cut into Trump's speech on Fox news or CNN to say, Oh, we're involved. We know nukes just hit Kiev and uh, we're sending, you know, B 52s to the war zone. Not quite yet, but Zelensky is trying this is absolute insanity. We've reached peak insanity in this uh, war that we are funding. I'm going to give you the timeline as best I, I know it here. Um, a missile, uh, Russian missile. Let me get the uh, let me get the story up. This is from the New York Post this morning. The Russian made missile that landed in Poland, killing two people, may have been fired by Ukrainian forces in an attempt to fend off Russia's latest airstrike on the war-torn country. This was a few hours after Vladimir Zelensky, you know, this freedom fighter, this hero, announced that uh, those were Russian missiles sent by Russia 
here is uh, Zelensky yesterday in, you know, in, uh, translated into English. Terror is not limited to our national borders. Russian missiles hit Poland, NATO territory. This is a Russian missile attack on collective security, a very significant escalation. We must act. All right, I got a question for my friends out there who are all in on Ukraine. This is Republicans and Democrats. People still have the Ukrainian flag in their bios and Ukrainian flags and outside you know, at their on their homes and you know cars and and they're they're still in because they hate Putin and they hate Russia and I understand that. What Zelensky did yesterday, no small thing here. No, there he is. We got him on the screen telling you it's time to get involved in this war. Why? Because Ukrainian missiles, I mean, uh, Russian missiles, I don't even know who made the friggin' missile. They were sent by Ukraine, fired by Ukraine, perhaps inadvertently, by accident, trying to shoot down Russian missiles, landed 50 miles into Poland and killed two people, hit like a tractor on a farm and killed two people. That was, when we first heard it, an act of provocation that was going to uh, force uh, the world to invoke Article 5, which is attack on one NATO country's attack on all, and we must respond in kind. That is what Zelensky was pushing. Zelensky knew more than, obviously, than, than Biden did. Biden was taking a nap in Bali. He knew more than, you know, the media, the Associated Press. They were still wondering if indeed it was Russian missiles fired by Russia into Poland to provoke a world war. Zelensky ran with it. He knew, he knew, let's be honest. He knew it wasn't uh, Russian, wasn't Russia didn't fire missiles into Poland. He lied. This is him right now speaking in Ukrainian, lying to the world, saying we must act. In other words, we must get involved. How the hell, how much more are we going to take from this con man? Honest to God, you want to send American troops. If you're all in on Ukraine and you love this guy, you're going to do what he wants? You're going, to, you're going to do what he's demanding? Send troops, send more arms, get more involved, escalate the conflict? This is insane that, that Americans aren't in all on the same page just denouncing this, this liar. This is just so bold and brazen. Yeah, we must act. That's what he just said in Ukrainian. We must act. This is a significant escalation. When he knew, he knew it wasn't, they weren't fired by Russia into Poland. He knew it, but he doesn't care. His goal is to get us more deeply involved to the point where we got boots on the ground and we're losing American lives. And for some reason, lots of Americans are still all in. All right, do you know what? uh, Let me get back to this story. Uh, The revelation based on early assessments into the Tuesday blast on Polish soil was reported by the Associated Press early Wednesday, citing U.S. officials, and it came after Biden said it was unlikely the missiles were fired by Russia. So Biden, even in his stupor in uh, Bali, admitted uh, a few hours after Zelensky said that the U.S. must act, must escalate. Biden said they probably weren't fired by Russia. Uh well, and, uh, you, Ukraine still has Soviet and Russian-made weapons in its arsenal, said uh, the Associated Press. So they have Russian missiles. One of them ends up in Poland, 50 miles deep, kills two people. Then Zelensky says, you must act. This is an escalation. Let's go. 
And we find out, no, Russia didn't do it. And you want to hear what the response is from Joe Biden? Would you like to know what Biden did? Uh, let me get the timing on this. Uh, what Biden, this is uh, from Fox News. You want to, um, do you want to know what died? Associated Press, I'm sorry. I will give you the response this morning from Washington. This is the response from the Biden administration to Vladimir Zelensky lying to you, trying to get us involved in World War III. You're, you're, you're going to say they, they, they denounced him, right? You're going to say they, they blasted him, put him on blast and said, we're not going to stand for this, you liar. We're, we've given you $60 billion giving you all this advanced weaponry. We're supporting you 100%. We're paying people in the in the government in Ukraine. We're paying their salaries and benefits. That's how much we're in on this. So you're expecting the U.S. president or you know, maybe political leaders, maybe Nancy Pelosi before she hands over the gavel to, to denounce this fraud, Zelensky? Well, here's the response from uh, President Joe Biden, according to the Associated Press. President Joe Biden is asking Congress Congress to provide more than $37 billion in emergency aid to Ukraine, a massive infusion of cash that could help support the nation as Russian Russian forces suffer battlefield losses in their nine-month-old invasion. There you go. He lies. He tries to get America involved in a nuclear conflict with Russia. He claims this missile was uh, sent from Russia. It was not. He knew it. He lied. And our president responds by saying, let's give him another $37 billion. When does this insanity end? When do people figure out what's going on here? Zelensky has no interest in peace. He has no interest in a ceasefire. He's all in. He loves being the war hero. He loves being the the money launderer in chief. He knows he's got something on Biden. I wouldn't be surprised. And who doesn't? A hundred percent. That's fair. And, right. And he so he he loves the idea of the U.S. just writing a blank check, endless supply of money. He turns it around. Fight. He doesn't care. He's not going to get hurt. He's not in any danger. Hundred thousand civilians dead. Whatever. You know. He's he's famous. And Sean Penn gave him his Oscar. You think he wants this to end? That's like saying Fauci wants COVID to end. But this is just amazing. When do the American people, I realize they, you know, didn't, didn't vote for my guys in big numbers. I understand that. But you, American people in general support sending 30, 37 billion. This isn't some small package. 37 billion in emergency aid to Ukraine. After, this is a day after. He tried to trick us into going to war. The proposed Ukraine assistance includes $21 billion for military intelligence and other defense support, $14.5 billion in humanitarian aid to help keep the Ukrainian government functioning. That's paying the salaries of all the hacks in the Ukrainian federal government. $900 million for health care and support services for Ukrainians living in the U.S., and $626 million for nuclear security support for Ukraine and for modernizing the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Okay, we're just giving them this huge package of goodies. And, and we're, you know, in, we're $32 trillion in debt. Who is 
for this. I would love to hear anybody on the comment line for this. Let's give 37 billion to a guy who just tried to, who lied to us, hoping we would fall for this little trick and get involved in a war with Russia. Who? Anybody? No one, no one in here seems to like Ukraine anymore. <laughs> no. I'm telling you, he can, you know, Biden can keep going back to this well, but at some point, even the warmongers in the Democrat Party, the warmongers like Liz Warren and Ed Markey and Ayanna Presley and AOC and Bernie Sanders, even they have to say enough is enough. We'll hopefully see more hecklers chasing AOC around for, uh, you know, threatening her life because she's supporting uh, this escalation of war and hoping we'll get into a nuclear conflict. But uh, I, let's move on. Let's get to this NBC story. You know, my favorite stories are about uh, the corrupt mainstream media, even by their standards. We told you about the puff piece the New York times did on, uh, on fraudster, whatever his name is, Sam Bankman freed. If you haven't read it, you got to read it. It's amazing. They are doing uh doing spin for the biggest con man in American history, a guy who destroyed lives and they're sitting there thinking he's not such a bad guy because he gives to Democrats, period. Well, when there are important Democrats involved, the mainstream media does their job, damage control. That's what they do. This, even by their standards, this is amazing. NBC, as most people realize, is one of the great purveyors of fake news. They were one of the biggest proponents of the Russia hoax for four years night after night stories about Russia, uh, uh, Trump colluding with Russia. We know they were out front in trying to suppress the laptop, the, the claiming it was Russian disinformation. You can look it up. There's dozens of examples of NBC reporters, experts, and analysts saying Russian disinformation. It was a lie. They knew it was a lie. They don't care. They don't have any standards. They don't care if their reporters make stuff up as long as it serves the purpose of helping Democrats. Well, one reporter on NBC made a, made a mistake, made a mistake. He did actual journalism. They don't, they're not really comfortable with that. If the journalism doesn't serve their, their masters in the Democrat party, his name is Miguel L. Al-Magir, Al-Magir, Al-Magir. He's a veteran reporter. I believe he's been at NBC, NBC for 10 years. He, uh, he's the NBC national news correspondent. He's won Emmys. He did a report from San Francisco after the attack on Paul Pelosi. Uh, there were some interesting findings in that report. Um, and it there was a lot of people referring to it, uh, um, echoing it, talking about what Miguel reported. Uh, first, NBC took the story down, got rid of it. No, you can't find it on, on their website. Uh, and then yesterday, I believe, or uh, might have been uh, Monday, they, they suspended Al Magir. Didn't give any reason. We don't know what he did wrong. We don't know what he said wrong. Um, in fact, some of his more interesting revelations were supported by other network or by the, the cops uh, when they released some information. But let's listen to Al Magir. Do we have the whole uh, package that he put out? Because yep. I, I've seen it a few times and I have some ideas on what he did wrong. He didn't get any. I don't think he got anything wrong. But this is not why NBC's in business. NBC's in business to help 
the Pelosi's through this difficult time. And Al Magir didn't do his job, which was to just report what the Pelosi's want you to report and, and move on. But let's listen to his original report, which has been expunged from the website. And this guy you're looking at has not been seen since. Go ahead. Craig, good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good, but instantaneously a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes uh, over. Fear for. Uh, this, you, you tell me, what do you think got him suspended? Here's the report from uh, uh, NBC. The, the statement from NBC News rep Stephen Labaton said, we don't comment on personal matters. The piece should not have aired because it did not meet NBC News reporting standards. That's hilarious. NBC News, as we know, has no standards. They 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 suspended no one for reporting the 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 erone, doing the erroneous reporting on Russia Gate for four years. They suspended no one for saying the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. They don't care about about uh, fact accuracy. They just didn't like that this raised questions. I mean, they even included an expert. We didn't get to it who said, yeah, the guy was rattled. He was being uh, threatened and he, you know, people react in different ways. He walked back towards his, his assailant. That doesn't make the pape innocent. Uh, but here's how, you know, a cover up is in full swing. We told you this from the beginning. I said, watch for one thing. If they release the body cam footage and they have it, they have the cops body cam footage. And according to anonymous reports, it's pretty, pretty big, pretty big deal. There's it, it, some real explosive stuff on there. Maybe it's just a hammer bashing into the skull, but it will reveal a lot They're They're hiding it. 
if this were not Nancy Pelosi's husband, we'd have seen it, you know, three weeks ago. They've not even released the mugshot of DePape. This is a, a cover-up is in full swing. The authorities in San Francisco are all in on protecting the Pelosi's. I thought they might release it after the uh, midterms, uh, but they're still holding on to it. Uh, it's going to take some reporters, and there's not many of them that, that are going to dig on this. But it is amazing. They have the footage. Normally, they show you that footage. They reveal that footage. They will not. They're covering it up. They're, they're, they're hiding something. Will we ever see it? Probably, but, uh, you know, by then, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe it'll be trial, a, a trial when DePape uh, goes to trial, but he probably won't go to trial because they won't want him to. But they are covering it up, as we told you. If they don't show you the the, the footage, if they don't show, show you the uh, mugshot, the police report, then it is a cover-up, and it is. But, all right, let's move on. Let's get to, uh, let me do Shay, and then let's get to the uh, worst eulogy in uh, the history of eulogies that we'll give you an example. We, we show you lots of examples of the sick, young, crazy liberal mind. Like when they splash paint on paintings, you know, or lay down in traffic, these absolute mentally ill people who are being weaponized by, for political end. Well, we have a, a great example. People will turn a, a woman who actually turns on her dead father because she disagrees <laughs> because essentially, you know, he was a Trump guy. But, but first, this is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shay, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense. This is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. I will say this. When my uh, my father passed and uh, I had to do the eulogy, it was the most important thing I've ever done in my life. It was something I took very seriously. I still have it in my top drawer right here. I could read it or recite it someday. Maybe maybe I'll do it on uh, Father's Day someday. But uh, I mean, I took it so seriously. I tried so hard. I think I did a good job. I think I did him justice and it meant so much. I, I, I never was uh, felt better, more proud about something than doing a eulogy for dad that was fitting, that worked, that, that, uh, that, that, you know, that went over well. I was very happy with that. And I still am. And I always will be. I'll go to my graves and I did my duty as a son. Now we're going to show you someone who I think will someday say, what a scumbag I was. You know, you can't live your life with this kind of hate in your heart for your own father. This is sick. This is from uh, libs of TikTok, who of course 
the uh, media hates, the Democrats hate because she exposes these people with their own words, with their own TikTok videos, you know, with their own eulogies for dad. But the audio is not great, but it is just so sick. This person is, I'd like to know more about her. We don't know anything about her, do we? Not yet. I'm sure that'll come out. I hope it does, because this is the worst person in the world. Not Daryl Brooks, bad. She's not a murderer. Daryl Brooks is the worst person in the world, who, by the way, is getting lambasted by the victims. It's nice. I like these victim impact statements where that scumbag has to sit there and listen. There's a couple of good ones yesterday, but let's listen to the worst eulogy ever delivered by a daughter who just lost her father. But, Dad, please know that while I am grateful and highly aware of all that you've given this family, I still don't miss you. When you died, I felt like there was a hole. I missed something, but it wasn't you. It was the idea of what you could become. I miss being able to hope and wish that one day you turn a corner and see the world from my perspective. I miss the idea that one day you might help me fight for the things that matter. I missed my fantasy of you. Because when you died, it solidified the fact that you'll never be what you could have been, but only what you are. And what you are is a racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, Trump-loving, cis-straight white man. That is all you will ever be to me. And dad, before you tell me to respect the dead, please remember that you disrespected and disregarded the lives and deaths of entire communities of people with your ideology. You told me to never back down, so I won't. You know for a fact that even against you, I'm not afraid to share my peace. You are everything I aspire not to be. And I refuse to stand up here and sing the praises of a man who is the paradigm of white supremacy. So I'll take your racist mindset. (laughs) What a piece of garbage. They clap when she leaves the stage, too. I couldn't believe it. Oh, did they? Yeah. Maybe you're all friends of this. She's got some, what is on her head? She's got like a huge red hat. I think this that's her hair. Big, it's in a church. It looks like a good crowd. She's up on stage. She's reading, reading too fast, not doing a good job. That's important. You got to slow down. She's reading, reciting. She says she won't miss him because he's a racist, Trump-loving, cis-straight white man. <laughs> well, correct me if I'm wrong, but honey, you wouldn't be here. If he weren't a cis straight man, would you? <laughs> She's ripping her father because he's a Great. cis straight white man. Was he supposed to, you know, I don't know, spread his wings and experiment in other sexualities? What a sicko. I will say this. I don't know who she is or you know what she does for a living, but that person will live with regret the rest of her life. She's going to wake up someday and say, I did what? It's on video for the world to see. I'm looking at it right now. There are 994,000 views. She's about to go over a million views. Pissing on her own father's grave because he liked Trump. Because he liked Trump and was a cis-strite. (laughs) Oh, as uh, Dr. Savage, Michael Savage says, liberalism is a mental disorder. This is a sick woman. She's just like... I mean, you can't see out up close. I wanted to see her face. It's kind of a long, the angle. I mean, the camera's too far back. But she's got some ridiculous red hat on. And, you know, she probably has a nose ring. And she probably has a tattoo or must have. Maybe she has blue hair. And, you know, she's one of those people that wants to throw paint on, on uh, paint on paintings or soup on paintings and lay down in traffic and tell us we're all going to die from, from global warming. What a sicko. Pretty sure that's her hair. It's dyed. No, is that her hair? You can't really see. It's too far yeah. back, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, uh, I, I, you know what? Like I said, I did a, uh, I, I think I did a decent job on my father's eulogy. I'm going to attempt 
I don't, I, I won't even say that. I won't even say that. That was the most important thing I ever did in life. And I think I did okay. But, um, and uh, he, he was amazing. And you know what? He was a cis stripe. He was a cis straight white man. And I still loved him. And I still uh, remembered him fondly. And I still did my best to, uh, uh, to, to, to say goodbye <laughs> to this person's mother. Was she there? I need to know more. Let's find out more about this, this evil person. But yesterday I, I, my voice wasn't great yesterday. I was a little tired because, uh, middle of the night, um, my dog, Toby, 15 years old, 15 years old, four months and six days old, just the greatest dog ever had him for, you know, for a long, long time. And, uh, he was a part of the family. He was, he was, I was, I was with him all the time, you know, cause I'm around and I slept, slept in my, our bed and just, you know, went to, went away with him, stayed home with him, walked with him. Just, just my, my loyal companion. He, uh, he left us yesterday about five, uh, it was about six in the morning. He, in the middle of the night, he had seizures. He was old, obviously. So he had some issues and, you know, he wasn't going to be around much longer. He had a good long run, but it was very scary. Just had seizures in bed and didn't, they didn't stop. We literally picked him up, ran to, took him in the car, rushed him to the, uh, to the vet, this great vet called Veg, VG, VEG in Boston. Just great people. It got there like five thirty in the morning and they just said, there's nothing you can do. This is, uh, this is the end uh, seizure like this that goes on for however long, 45 minutes is, going to cause permanent damage. So it's time to say goodbye. We said goodbye. I was crying my eyes out like a, like a little girl. I, it's, I'm, I added the, by the way, that's on the list, the list of things you're allowed. Grown men are allowed to cry about allowed to, to cry reasons. I should say reasons grown men are allowed to cry that, you know, your father or mother dying, a loved one dying, or, uh, you know, watching, Rudy or Hoosiers or Brian song, yeah. getting, you know, getting Great. shot in the stomach. There's, there's certain things you're allowed to cry. When you lose your dog, a dog you love for that you had for 15 years, you're allowed to cry. And I did, but uh, it was, you know, it was bittersweet in a way. Cause you know, he was old and he was struggling a little bit, had some arthritis, had some kidney issues. It wasn't going to be long. He didn't force us to have to make a decision like, inject him and put him down, which was good. I don't know if I could have handled that. We had no choice, but he left us. I tweeted about it. Got a lot of reaction. A lot of people have lived through the same thing. Obviously it's not, you know, it's not unique and it's not anything, you know, uniquely tragic or anything, but uh, there's a, I should have given you a picture for she put it up on screen. You can put the picture I tweeted out if you want, if you can, if you can turn it around. But it was an amazing dog. I love dogs, uh, except for pit bulls. I love all dogs. Uh, my dog survived, didn't get killed by a pit bull. He, he died of old age, which is good. But it's just so weird. At least it's not, again, like losing a parent or losing a loved one, uh, losing a person. I would never say that. I like dogs more than people, but I wouldn't say losing a dog is, is harder than losing a person. But it does leave a hole in your in your family. He was a part of the family. When we got him 15 years ago, see, I wanted a dog. I love dogs. I had dogs as kids, but there he is. There's Tobster. As a kid, I lost two of my dogs getting hit by cars in front of the house, right in the same spot. 
One was a beagle, like eight years old. I love that dog. And she got clipped right in front of the house on Christmas night. And, uh, that's the way it was in the old days. People didn't even put leashes or ropes or they didn't have electric fences. Your dog just roamed the street and sometimes they got killed. It doesn't work that way anymore. You know? And I'm glad it didn't. I would have been able to handle Toby getting killed at a young age and he didn't. But 15 years ago, I was, I wanted a dog. My kids were young and I, and, and my wife finally gave in cause I was going through cancer treatments and she felt bad for me. I had throat cancer. I had a couple surgeries and radiation and she felt bad. So all right, let's do it. Let's get a dog. I wanted a big dog that I could run with. I lost that vote. I got a small dog that wasn't much for a, wasn't much of a runner but he was awesome. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad I had him as long as I did. He was, uh, he was a great, great dog. Had no, didn't bite, didn't bark, didn't kill the neighbor's cat. Unlike Ironhead's, unlike what Ironhead's dog is going to do. You know, <laughs> didn't, didn't wake us up. Didn't chew the furniture. Didn't piss in the house. He was just an awesome, awesome dog. That's why my wife won't want to get another dog yet, but I feel like if we do, it's never going to stack up. The stand, the, the bar is high, thanks to uh, Toby, Toby Callahan, who passed away uh, yesterday morning on the uh, examining table at the vet. It was brutal, but I didn't do the, you know what they try to sell you? the, And some people are all in trying to sell you the ashes and the urine and all that. And I could hear my father's voice in my head going, are you kidding? You're not buying an urn for, you know, for a dog, you know, like, like I see those dog pet cemeteries and I think, really, you're going to have like a funeral for your dog. It's not meant for dogs. That's not how they're supposed to work. I love my dog, but I was not about to, uh, I was not about to treat him like a human. That's, I mean, I mean, you won't have to worry about that because your dog will be put down by the state. <laughs> your dog kills. Your neighbors. Everything you, know, you said about your dog is the same with mine, except he's just bigger. Except yours dog is always a threat to, to murder the neighbor's cat. That's always a threat. See, I didn't have to worry about that. My dog was loved by everyone. I had a bunch of kids in the neighborhood here. They all miss him already. They love Toby. They love petting him, give him treats. Is that how it works with your killer pit bull that you let him go out and just wander around and play with the kids? I bet your dog would have beat the shit out of my dog. He's a big pussy. No, my dog was, uh, my dog was a, my dog got attacked once by a German shepherd in my old neighborhood and we're walking and this German shepherd just run right through, I think through its electric fence, just came running straight down the driveway towards us and took a little, I grabbed Toby, picked him up and he just took like a butt out of his ass and took a bite out of my arm and it was scary. And after that, you know, he was, he, it was our German, he wouldn't go down that road again. If I started walking down that road with a lead, he'd stop and hold and heal. And uh, if he ever saw another German shepherd, he got nervous because they can be almost as vicious as your killer pit bull. But uh, I'm glad your dog is so gentle, but you know how it works, man. One day they just snap. They just go the other direction. But anyway, RIP to Toby. Uh, it was a good long run. And thanks to everybody. You know what I got? You know how many responses I got that said, Good. I'm glad your dog's dead. I hate you. One, one. I, I, I kind of, you know, laugh at those. Believe me, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. I expect those, but I got, uh, what do I have? 2,500 likes and a million comments, all kinds of people sending pictures of their dogs, which I love. And I've tried to respond to some, but one person, and he's a regular troll said, good. I hate your dog. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> I would have 
been disappointed if I didn't get at least one of those. <laughs> dogs hit different. People care more about dogs on the know, I know. That's true. It is amazing how many. We got flowers sent today. We got all kinds of condolence calls and texts. It is funny because, you know, people love dogs. And my dog was really lovable. You know, people liked him. He was gentle. And he had a great personality. And his uh, Jules, is it Jules or Vincent? Jules on uh uh, Pulp Fiction says dogs got personality. Personality goes a long way. And my dog had a great personality. So lots of people miss him and they want to uh, commiserate because people have to put their dogs down, but people have to say goodbye to their dogs and they know how much it hurts. And uh, he went to the other side of the rainbow bridge. I didn't know what that meant. My wife explained it to me. That's when the dog dies. He goes across the rainbow bridge. But uh, I know people that don't like dogs, I don't trust them. I don't either. By the way, you know, the first person to call me, to text me after I tweeted it, the first person, tough guy, Kirk Minahan. He liked, he liked Toby a lot. And, uh, and, he's, and his daughter loved Toby and they said, uh, sent their condolences, which was very nice. So did lots and lots of other people. And I appreciate it, but uh, it was a good long run by a great, great dog. And uh Thanks to everybody for reaching out, but we'll leave it there. Thanks for all the comments on the comment line as well. Any of them, uh, kids love Toby. Uh, <laughs> dogs model their owner's behavior. Wow. I don't think so. I mean, I, my dog was a much better person than I am. I think he loved everybody. Sorry for your loss that you lost a family member. Yes, we did. We woke up today and it was weird because usually Who's going to feed them? When are you going to take them out? You're going to walk them, whatever. No more of that. It's uh, definitely leaves a void, but he was awesome. And uh, we'll leave it there for today. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening and comment and reaching out with their uh, nice condolence messages. I appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan show and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.